Hey, this is Rashonda Thornton, the Dietitian Against Diets podcast show. I am excited to introduce you to my new monthly panel series called Heart and Grit, Conversations with Mindful Leaders. Now, through these conversations, you will be able to connect to the trials and tribulations that they struggle, but also recognizing the success they've had in their lives. Thanks to Midwest Dairy, every month I will be joined by a different dynamic set of leaders who have done all the footwork behind the scenes, but they have done it with the passion and with their heart. This is an opportunity to connect with their stories, learn their struggles, and celebrate their successes. But most of all, find a way to connect to your life and how this can be an inspiration to you. Well, hello and welcome to another month of Heart and Grit um, Conversations with Thoughtful Leaders. My name is Rashonda, the host of the Dietitian Against Diets podcast. I want to present to you a topic that I think we all can connect with. This month's topic is called Relationships Matter. So I want to highlight these leaders in this industry because they all specialize in relationship building, whether it's personal, business, or even family related. It's critical in any dynamic of life. And many times there are blind sides that we may miss as well as opportunities that may be awaiting when it comes to relationships. So let's go beyond the surface and recognize every kind of relationship and why they all matter. So I'm gonna start off and introduce quickly to my lovely panel guests. To my right, I have Keisha Kent. We call her the networking guru. She's also an <laughs> author, speaker, and many, many other titles. Right below her, I'm sorry, right below me, we have Jen Whitmer. She is known as the Enneagram expert. She is also do a lot of leadership work as a leadership coach, and she's a speaker as well. And last but not least, we have another gentleman here. He's a speaker on many uh, platforms, but he actually was a former clinical um, counselor, and he's also a site pastor here at the Gathering Church uh, in St. Louis. So I have an amazing um, amazing um, group of people as well as many layers, and they all come from different specialties when it comes to relationships. So I really want to um, just jump in with the conversation. Oh, let me just say thank you for guys coming on. Let me just thank you guys first of all. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm like getting so excited about the conversation because again it's just one of those things where i just know like anyone can connect to these conversations because it's all needed in so many ways so my apologies for jumping the gun but thank you guys for coming and um uh, i want to just kind of start welcome. off with talking. you're yeah. welcome yes <laughs> and i um i just want to start off with like especially when it comes to leaderships and when we find our our passion and we just kind of put you know our feet to the pavement we just pound it and just do whatever we can do because there's something in our heart is pushing us that, that direction I also know that there's um, ways in which we got there. So I want to dig in before we start talking about what you guys do as especially, I want to talk about like how did that path, how did you, this career come across your pathway in life? And Jennifer, I'm going to start with you. Now I know you have education in communication and, uh, it, and in culture, and it seems to make sense when I see like you working and you're speaking and you're writing and you're coaching, like it all kind of comes together. But like where did the focus on personality traits um, using integrants become such a passion of yours? Oh, it's a long and twisted tale, but the <laughs> Reader's Digest version is I was in a leadership role and had a leader who really struggled and his lack of skill and insecurity really came out in um, all kinds of ways. The major symptom was conflict. And so that is where I started and really studying and got formal training on. But I was also digging into the Enneagram, which if you're new and you're like, what is that word she's mm -hmm. saying? <laughs> the Enneagram is a personality framework. And I'd already been such a personality junkie. I did Strengths Finders and Myers-Briggs, but 
personally, I was digging into the Enneagram and seeing these massive results in opening up what was happening for me while experiencing this really toxic work environment. So the symptoms of communication, the symptoms of conflict resolution are still really important. You still have to address the symptoms, but the root of it was a lot of personality issues that were left unaddressed. And so that is when I started digging in. I, I couldn't talk about communication and conflict very well without coming at it with this this personality lens, because we all approach it so differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when I decided to go further. And I mean, all educators were like, oh, let's go get more training. And so that's when I got certified and and really started using it as a both and approach in my speaking and in my consulting and in my in my teaching. Yeah, that really highlighted like the root of the call. So the root of perspective, it's it's really the person and you is the ability to give that person the gift of helping him or her kind of expose some things about themselves, whether it's positive or negative, I think it only helps to kind of enrich them um, in anything that they do. So I'm sure you're seeing that as a, like a, a fruition of your work on many levels. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the thing I say a lot about really healthy self-awareness and leadership is rooted in ruthless self-honesty. You have to be ruthless, but radical self-compassion. And oh when you put those two things together, we can change and we we can lead and we can serve and we can have deep meaningful work and relationships Hmm. well i definitely see why that's such a passion of yours yes yes oh my yes oh adam um um, even as a pastor you know your heart still leans towards help um leans heavy in finding avenues that heals and brings families together. It's kind of a two and one, I think you get to play in this role. Um, and I see that, you know, if, especially being a, a pastor, I see that as a unique quality um, within ministry. At what point, you know, that you realized that this was a gift of yours and you wanted to like um, bring these two um, gifts, to get, these two passions together? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I grew up in a home with a professional clinical counselor as a mother and an Old Testament professor as a father. And so, the idea of people and the scriptures being deeply interwoven wasn't alien to me. It was just a very rich and real part of the life that I was living. But something my parents really ingrained in me, and it's kind of haunted me for all the years since, is that um, it doesn't matter what gospel I preach if hospitality is not a living reflection of whatever I'm saying. And by hospitality, I mean a deep foundational welcome for all of God's people. So whoever that's you are, good. Yeah. that's so good. Woo. So that's 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 where that's kind of the crucible of the life that I've been given yeah. and the life I've been raised in. Um, and so I thought that that meant I needed to go be a therapist because I I don't know language nearly well enough to be an Old Testament professor. And so I went to graduate school and uh, got a counseling degree and I ended up working with at-risk children, adolescents, and families. I worked with a lot of young male survivors of sexual assault, Hmm. domestic violence. Um, I just really saw uh, just the the reality that these are not alien and isolated incidents, that we all have our stuff. And I think no matter who I'm speaking with, we all have our stories and we all need to be welcomed and we all need to be just kind of seen as the people that we are and that our stories are not actually something to be ashamed of, even and especially the wounds, I think. Um, 
but I, I, I did come to a point where I couldn't run away from the ministry <laughs> for, for too long. So I got about a decade into that and I was like, fine, fine, I'm going to go do this pastor thing. And, and I think that that has just kind of carried over. And I'm so grateful for that counseling background, mm -hmm. for this emphasis on hospitality, because um, I don't approach anybody as somebody who has it all together, because I, do, I certainly don't. Like that's the whole goodness <laughs> of the gospel to me is just kind of us coming together as people with stories, whether that is yeah. delight or brokenness or beauty or pain. Mm -hmm. And you don't just have one or the other, it's all mixed up in there together. Yes. And so welcoming, yeah and working and walking alongside parents and kids and helping them to hear those stories in each other and affirm and to kind of give honor to those different stories. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a definite and deep passion of mine. I would definitely say, uh, Adam, when I first met you, um, I was a part of the teams that were giving feedback on our new pastor who's taking over our site and just your presence, I automatically knew. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I just wanted to let you know that like you said, the hospitality, it just, it felt warm. It was, it wasn't, it felt genuine. Um, and like people see that people feel that. So definitely, you know, when I say you have a gift, you know, that is definitely a gift that plays a role in your ministry and it means a lot. Thank yes. you for Appreciate yeah. that. You're welcome. Um, Ms. Keisha. So huh, we all have a story. So first time I, um, I seen you, sp you seen you speak. All I can say was energy, energy. <laughs> This girl has a lot of energy, but she has a lot of passion behind her stuff, you know? And so that's what yes. drew me to you. Um, and say, you know, now that you know, you even like with what you do for a living, like you coined the phrase and networking is your super, is your superpower, you know? At what point of your career did you recognize the value, you know, when it comes to building relationships um, in networking? Oh my goodness. I recognized it early in 2003. I was a student studying for my bachelor's degree. And in this cohort, there were 17 of us and we had so much in common, but we were so different. I was the youngest one in the cohort at the time. And I found that with all of the things that we did, every, everyone was connecting simply on who we were, not our titles, not what we did, not all the stuff, but who we were. And when I recognized that, that was when I first took my strengths finder test. And when I took that assessment, we started living, sleeping, and breathing it. And it really was confirmation for me. Yes, I because I was that, yeah, I was that little girl who played double dutch on my street corner. We stayed outside and I'd get everybody lined up. I'd knock on the door and get everybody outside. And then that piece of just me being Keisha, I found that it was okay for me to bring others along and really to create space for them. And that's really what it's been for me is creating space for people in everything that I do, knowing that it can be everybody's superpower when we're intentional about including other people and getting right. to the heart of it all, which is relationships. Yes, it's all about relationships. <laughs> all about relationships in any level. Very true. And thanks for highlighting that. I mean, it even connects to what Jan was saying about when you learn some things about yourself, like your attributes that are just stronger, you know, weak, that gives you the affirmation that, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do, or just give you like, even this insight of, okay, with this strength, this is how I can use this for the yes. betterment, for the bigger picture, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, a, it's awesome. Um, and I stay in that lane because when I'm outside of that lane, baby, I feel it. 
you can I tell. I stay yeah. in that lane. <laughs> That's self-awareness for sure. Yeah. Uh, Adam, I'm going to um, bring the question back to you. Now, we're going to talk about um, how you recognize the dynamics of relationships, okay? We talked about how you guys got into it, but the dynamics. Now, you you said it right when you got done. You always call, you, you preference anyone you meet with, hello, friend. <laughs> and that's something that it sticks, you know? And so you even ended the last um, question with something into something friend on there, right? So it's just a part mm -hmm. of your language, but mm -hmm. I know that it stands out and it resonates to anyone. Cause again, it brings back to that feeling of comfort and familiarity. So like with you using that phrase, I'm not saying it's intentional, but like how, how it just to me shows your way that you view relationships. So how do you like view, view relationship building from a spectrum, you know, all the way from intimate family members all the way mm -hmm. to just meeting strangers? It's mm. good. It's a good question. <laughs> so there's a scene in the Lord of the Rings where Gandalf and the dwarves and the other little people are all kind of waiting to get inside a door and they can't get in. And there's language on the door that's unreadable. And uh, the wizard's trying to figure this out. It says, speak friend and enter. And they're there for hours. And finally, one of the, one of the hobbits says, well, what's the word for friend? And they say it. And that's what opens the door. Just the identification of friend. That's all that's needed. Um, and so when I, when I call people friend, I am not assuming anything. I know that, um, somebody may not feel that they are my friend, but I am coming to them with a hope and a stated intention. So I understand that I am beginning with all of you that I may have not met you before, but I want you to know that my hope and my intention is that we would be friends. It doesn't mean that we need to be the deepest of friends or the most intimate of friends, or I expect you to be vulnerable on this really deep level with me. But the dynamic that I want to establish right away is that this is what I desire to be, that I want to welcome you and see you, that I automatically see you as somebody of value and worth that I want yes. to be in association with. And so that's what that intention is. It's you are a person who is worthwhile who is who has is interesting has a story and i see that and so um i think that's why i approach pretty much anybody with that dynamic in place okay. but i do try and be sensitive and aware um especially the, when it comes to dynamics there are inherent dynamics within myself that i know i'm male i'm white i know that i come into every interaction with that being part of our interaction and so I, when I say I don't assume, I'm not just going to assume that friend coming from me will be well received by everybody. Um, so I think that there's this, so good. I, want, I want to be someone who states a hope and an intention, but also someone who, who, is, who is gentle in doing so and who is humble in doing so and doesn't think that I'm just gonna come in and be like, we're all friends, mm -hmm. we're all friends, everybody's <laughs> friends. Because I just walk in and we're all friends. And I'm like, no, no. It's very much something like we, we need to earn relationship. We need to build trust yeah. and rapport. And I especially, I need to do that. And I, I recognize it. I come in with a deficit mm -hmm. just just in, in not knowing a person's story and history. And, I, and so it's this weird mix, right? Like, yes. this is what I hope, but this isn't what I assume. Yep, so, I see it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It's almost like an invitation. So that's what I hope for. Into it's an invitation. Yes, yes. Oh, good. I love it. Hmm. <laughs> wow. 
Thanks. Um, thanks for explaining it. I mean, it all it all makes sense. It's, again, I told you the feeling of comfort is what I immediately feel when mm -hmm. you first, cause first like, oh, he's called me friend, but he said such a gentle, disarming way. It didn't make it didn't seem like a just a blanketed word. Friend is meant, you know, I am coming to you, and I want to sit with you and become a friend at some point. So like everything you're saying, that's those are the the phases of the friend I've seen and how I felt. So I definitely you know mm -hmm. believe in it. Yeah. Thanks for giving us the backstory too, for all I the know. Things. <laughs> sure. get, get a little bit of nerdy Lord of the Rings right, reference going go. on there. Right, right. It was oh, glasses wow. for me. It was a glasses. It was a glasses. That's it. Right in. Yep. So, so Keisha, you know, we said this. We highlighted this just a few minutes ago. Networking and relationship building are two completely different mindsets. You know, um, in business especially. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions like what are some critical do's and don'ts when it comes to meeting new people and anything specific from your book? Because I want to kind of pull your book into this. Absolutely. The number one thing I would always say is don't go in with an ask. Add value first. Yeah. Build the relationship. What is it that you can do to make someone else's plight just a little bit lighter, easier. How can you impact them by just showing up sometimes and serving? I'm, I'm a servant leader, so I always think about how we can serve and give of our talents. Doing this and then marrying relationships with networking has to happen. Networking is not a one-night stand. Mm -hmm. Very true. It is not a one-night stand. It's a relationship that keeps giving and going and giving and going. But the key in it is the give. Mm -hmm. Everything that you're supposed to get when you give comes every single time. When you give, it comes right back to you. May not be today, may not be tomorrow, but when you're a giving servant, God just lines things up for you and the right people come the contracts, the whatever you're looking for, the sales, the business, the connections you're looking for, the lives that you want to touch and impact. Even thinking about ministry, people are drawn to people that give, mm -hmm. that give and do it so freely. I always say, think of what is it that you can offer someone without asking for a thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you said the, the guess the don't would be like, it's not a one night stand. It's not a one time. Don't, it's just, not. don't just get somewhere in your card, you know, <laughs> or, or as they say, we're going to, you know, connect on LinkedIn. It takes more than that. More. And it takes time because sure. I always look at relationship and networking is, it's about building. Like you want to be able to know that person beyond their name and their position, their role. Who, who's, who, you know, what is, what is their yes. favorite? You know, foods, you know, who are they? What do they like to watch? What do they, you know, what does their life look like? Because, over time, you build that trust and that rapport. And when that time comes, when that person knows someone and that you, that you are a perfect fit, it'll come because they remember that and they trust you and, like, and likewise. Mm -hmm. and, so, and people work with people that they trust. know, like, and trust at mm -hmm. the end of the day. And when you think about it from this perspective, everything is in the follow-up. We want to make sure that we're following up and get out of the mindset of, well, I reached out and they didn't respond. Reach out again. There you go. How bad do you want the relationship? How serious are you about it? And don't beat yourself up if they don't respond right away. People are busy. It's nothing against <laughs> nothing you. Nothing personal. Yeah. 
if you want that contact, if you want that connection, if you want that opportunity, make sure that you're willing to minimize yourself. Woo, that's a big thing. Minimizing yourself and allowing things to flow the way that they're supposed to flow. Yeah. When you trust your gifts, your strengths, and you trust what you're bringing to the table, that's that confidence. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you understand what your strengths are is also the key, but don't overdo it. And I say that over and over and over, really show up as who you are in your authentic self, because people will recognize frauds, people will recognize salespeople, <laughs> and people will recognize people that aren't really wanting to connect with them. And you mess it up anyways, if you do that. Yeah. So Thank don't do it. <laughs> Very true, well said, well said. Well said, Jen. Now we're gonna go back to this 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 root situation when it comes to self. You know, we know relationships with self is a cornerstone uh, in any extrinsic relationship. So it starts inwardly, right? Before mm -hmm. it, any outward relationships can truly develop. Uh, and your specialty in helping people build their self awareness. Uh, give us some insight on how you've used the personality tools like the enneagrams that you we talked about to help people to learn more about themselves. Give us a few um, insights on how you use that. Yeah. So one of the easiest ways to think about how our personality shapes our understanding of ourselves are three centers of intelligence. So Ancient Wisdom to Success Magazine stock talks about these three centers, and it is what we do. The, the way we behave our actions, it's our emotions, our feelings and about ourselves and others, and it's our thoughts, our what strategy, task, orientation, all of those things. And so one of the best ways, if you've never heard of the Enneagram before, to start understanding yourself is to start asking yourself these questions. What do I think about this? How do I feel about this? And what do I want to do about this? And what's amazing about that is when you start then asking other people those questions, a couple of things happen. You find out, oh my gosh, people think totally differently than I do. <laughs> like, this revelation comes that yes. not everybody's like me. And then what else happens is that you start to find where you are common and you can start to negotiate and strategize and brainstorm and apologize and connect over things that you didn't know somebody felt that way or wanted mm -hmm. to do something a certain way. And, and, and so the Enneagram helps us see those things. It's a lot deeper than just those three things because it also starts to look at what am I deeply afraid of? And we don't really recognize all the time how much fear motivates us, how much fear comes out in these emotions and in our thoughts and in our actions. And so we start really wrestling with the fact that, wow, I've got a lot of fear in this one area. We can't do much. And it starts to overrule connecting mm. as to all these great things Keisha's talking about. Cause you're like, what if they don't like me? What if I don't get to make my ask? What if I don't like all these things start to come up if we don't start to recognize, oh, that's right. That's that fear. It's back again. What's true? What do I know about myself? What do I know about these other people? What do I know about the world that is true that helps to start to address those fears that we all 
face. And mm -hmm. that's what I love using about the Enneagram is, I mean, like I said, I was a personality junkie. I love Clifton Strengths. I loved knowing about Myers-Briggs. <laughs> and, and the way I see them is like a pyramid. Their layers, our strengths, mm -hmm. our patterns, our preferences, and down underneath all of that is why. What is motivating us? Yeah. And so if I can understand what is motivating me and then recognize that other people are motivated by something different. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, respect that. Wow. Wow. Yes. Now my relationships are built on a healthy coexistence in leadership, in my family, with my kids. I got four kids. They don't all think the same way. And none of them think like no. me. <laughs> Neither does my husband. And so it's even it's outside of just work relationships it's everywhere we go because everything is built on relationships everything mm -hmm. so wow. understanding the personality layers of what am i afraid of how do i think about this what do i want to do and how do i feel are just great questions to start asking ourselves and paying attention to what comes up and then we can start connecting and extending that grace to other people wow man you guys know your stuff you know i'm sitting i'm learning so <laughs> I feel, like, I feel like I get a, a good, like, a, I get a 45 minute good snapshot of just like some really tightness in education because I can sit here and have an individual conversation with you all at least for an hour and a half about all these things individually. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so now we're going to switch gears a little bit. We talked about the passion, right? So now we're going to talk about the strife because we all have been through it. Um, but behind all great work is strife. Let me just keep reiterating that. Um, Keisha I want to avoid that part, though. Oh, I mean, like, can we just not have the strife part? I'm just going to be really stronger. honest. Yeah. But then it gives us a good story to tell. So, yeah. It's true. Uh, so, Keisha, <laughs> coming with you with this question first. Uh, coming from years of working in the industry of corporate training and development, um, you have expanded and practically became a self-made guru in this networking world that you've created. Um, when were there some difficult times where you consider, like, another route? You know, and then, like, what kept you going back and keep pushing forward on the route that you're on? My goodness. The first thing that comes to mind is an organization that I worked with that is toxic. Flat out. That's, that's all I can say. Toxic. The leadership was toxic. The ins and outs, the day-to-day. -day, and I knew for a long time that my time was up there, but I stayed there because I loved the mission. It was the mission, it was the people that we served and all of those things. And because I am such a networker, I built so many amazing relationships in there and taught people how to do the same, how to peel back the onion, how to get rid of all the stuff that we pile up and say, all white people are this, or all black people are this. Getting rid of that mindset had to be something that I was able to kind of pour in. And when I was able to do that, my time was up, but I didn't want it to be up. Right. And I stayed, I kept trucking, I kept trucking because I was there for the people that the organization served. Yes. My goodness. And in turn, what it did, because I stayed much longer than my time, I tore Keisha down. I was, I was tired. I wasn't showing up as my full self. I had a million and one things on my plate. I was missing deadlines. I was missing things around me and there was not order. There was not alignment. 
And I knew that the alignment was off, but I kept going. I kept trying to band-aid things up. I kept trying to fix things up. And because I kept doing that, again, it kept pulling me back. Mm. I heard it so clear that my time was up, put my notice in, and I left. Without a game plan, but knowing the one who makes all of the plans, right? <laughs> Everything lined up. Everything lined up when I left there. And doors constantly opened up and it really then kind of was a catapult for me into really operating fully as who I am. And what I was able to do is go back and work with that organization, give them some tips and tools. And today the relationship is the greatest that it's ever been outside of me being an employee. Mm -hmm. And it really, really, really built me up as a leader as well, because I saw so much and it happened so fast. But I was putting things in my toolkit. I kept getting things, kept grabbing onto things. Mm -hmm. And it built me as a leader in the way of resilience, but understanding, but willing also to call things out, to call yeah. it out when we see things that are off. It's not only affecting us, usually it's affecting everybody. But when no one says anything and nips it in the bud, what happens is that thing grows and it gets yep. bigger and bigger and now different teams, it's spreading all over the organization. And that was what happened. And until I was able to honestly speak up in my own truth, it was rough. But when I did that, I watched other people come to the table and say, thank you. Yeah. I needed you to do that. Thank you. And I'm boohooing because I didn't want it to happen like this. It's too much. But, you know, God took the, that entire situation and did everything that was supposed to happen to really strengthen the organization and the individuals that were served as well. But it really was a lesson for me in leadership. And how do I really step up as a leader? Do I sit back or do I call it out? So when I started speaking up, things shifted for me big time. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a path and just never know how that path takes you. But then when you look back, you realize that was a part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jen, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, give us a little breather on that because that's, I really want that to sit. But if, maybe I can pause this, this podcast somewhere and let it sit for a minute because that was just some, a very powerful story you gave, um, Keisha. Um, but Thank Jen, you. you're welcome, Jen. Um, having to be creative and interesting, you know, plays a role in anyone's ability to communicate messaging. Um, and especially if it's something that's important to them. What obstacles have you encountered or biggest setbacks, would you say? And how did you overcome that to follow your passion? Whew, I think my story is in this way, a universal story. I think we all mess up in communication when we're trying to get our point across and not create a shared meaning. Mm -hmm. That's the point of communication is let's create a shared meeting. And as a speaker and a, and a teacher, my job is to serve you well. So you, uh, you understand not to get myself in the way. So when I'm getting myself in the way, that's usually when communication goes wrong. Yeah. So if, if interpersonal communications, if Adam and, my, Adam and Keisha and you and I are all sitting here chatting, we're creating a shared meaning around rules, around words, around tone, around concepts. And that's 
the goal of communication is to create a picture that we're all like, yeah, that's the picture that we have together. I know that's a really big concept about communication, but then once we dig into that, it means being really curious and asking really great questions. And there's that old adage that you should listen and not just wait for your turn to talk, which my personality has a really hard a time hard with because I'm an interrupter. I like to like tell the story. I, that's how I'm connecting with you. But if I'm not careful, if I get, let that get out of bounds, then it can really disrupt communication and become a problem. And people feel run over or don't recognize that I'm not listening. And so that getting curious and listening to other people and seeing what they feel values their communication is really, really important. Mm -hmm. I tend to ask a lot of clarifying questions. One of my favorite teammates I've ever had, we used to joke that she just needed a sign that said, can I clarify? Because she would always ask that before she asked a clarifying question. And it was, it was so helpful because it just sets up. Yep. I'm not mad at you. I don't think you're dumb. I'm trying to clarify something. Mm -hmm because it's unclear and the more straight we are the the more great it is so straight and great this is Keisha was saying I have to step up I have to say something and that can be really scary I'm not saying it's simple but getting curious and asking questions and all in order to create a shared meeting is so powerful because we walk into situations and we're never as right as we think we are ever yeah and Mm -hmm. We're never as wrong. It's like we're all quiet because we're thinking, I remember that occasion. Yeah. I remember, okay, no, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But you, by you doing, by you understanding like the power of communication, that's what keeps driving you to be a part of these workshops, to be um, part of these speaking engagements. I think you have one tomorrow. I mean, you just, mm -hmm. you're just determined to really help these industries better communicate to better off their. Um, there, I guess, so, whatever it's is so there important going to, to better. Me. It, it's so important to me because when I was in this toxic work environment, our leader wasn't about creating shared meaning. He was about creating a reality that preserved himself. Oh my, you did that ended that up with beginning. gaslighting and Ugh. other blaming mm. tactics mm. that were really wow. attacking, but super under the radar. And those I think are more harmful because they're not in the open. Yep. And so that's why I'm so passionate about that. Cause I saw it destroy, just like Keisha was saying, it destroyed Keisha. That situation, I stayed too long and it destroyed me. And I don't want other people to experience that. And I do believe that there are leaders that are doing that don't want to be doing it either. And they want they the don't. skills to get out. They want help. So. I believe it too. They want yeah. help. And they here we come. come. <laughs> <laughs> love it i love it adam you're so patiently waiting uh yeah. and listening i'm sure you were like really just as warm as i was that's why i was quiet i was like hmm i gotta take notes on this one um but as a pastor um not only your pastor your father you also um co-found or co-host a podcast show you love mm. reading he loves music he loves different unique colors of glasses as we see um Ooh, I see. so it's, it's a lot it's a lot to adam you know um and it, and you look at them you think wow this guy is colorful he's creative you know it's appealing you know and so you think okay his work is must be fun but i know it behind the scenes 
it's hard work for what you have to do, you know? And yeah, at many yeah, times yeah. it can be daunting behind the curtains. But fortunately, as we talk about our passion prevails and we can push, use our passion to push through those hard times. But my question to you is, what were your biggest struggles personally or professionally that you had to overcome to follow your career passion? Mm. Um, so the transition between being a therapist and being a pastor um, is, a, is a journey. And by that, I mean, um, when I'm a therapist, people come to you largely because they know something is wrong. And you say right on the front end, and they already know it. I've got an hour with you. We're going to start talking about real stuff. We're going to press forward into it. We're going to address this. I'm going to give you some suggestions if you want them, or you just have room to process whatever you're wanting. And then we're done. And when I see you out in the community, I'm not going to probably say anything to you. We have very set boundaries. Everything's, you know, this is how therapy works. Well, when you go into a church environment, people don't understand that. Boundaries is it's a it's a whole other thing um so people largely don't know that something's wrong but they know they right. want to come to you and the concept of having an, an hour together isn't necessarily helpful <laughs> because you're striving for different things mm -hmm. right like i'm not in a therapeutic relationship with you i'm actually trying to build like the kingdom of god with you or to catch a glimpse of it but I think the, the, the kingdom in and of itself also is a healthy place, which means it has boundaries and it has space like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, so that, that journey for me, I think, is, has been some of the biggest challenge is that as a therapist, I knew what I was doing. I knew how it was supposed to work, and it made sense. And when I became a pastor, there was a significant period of time where I was like, okay, there's a difference here. So we're kingdom focused people. We're people who love Jesus. We love each other. That's what it's, that's what Christ calls us to. Surely that's what we're <laughs> leaning toward together. And then you get burned and you um, understand that the, the, the brokenness that everybody has anyway is, is not necessarily taken away by saying some prayer that asks Jesus to be a part of your heart or your life. All that stuff's still there. All of it's still there. It's just we're more honest about it in the therapist's office than we often are within mm. church, within community. Mm. And so I, I, I've had to learn once again, not that I ever forgot it, but I'm almost like right. boundaries back in. Boundaries are real. They are healthy. And I need as a pastor to teach everyone else the necessity of good boundaries. Yeah. I'm just like Townsend and Cloud wrote a book I have 4,000 copies in my backpack that I'm going to flip out to people like this. I'll hand it to you with the Bible, and it'll be something that'll be just as helpful in various situations. So it's, um, and that's the Boundaries book I'm referencing, y'all, uh -huh. just in case you, you're listening to it. But, but I'm saying like that, that's probably been one of the biggest difficulties for me. It's just to recognize like, oh, people are as wounded in this situation as they were in the therapist's office. Come they on, just don't Adam. see it, and they're probably yeah. not as honest yet, which Woo! means I need to protect myself even more as a pastor sometimes than I did as a uh, therapist. Yes, and that's that's not what we should have. That's not what Jesus invites us to, and so that's the push and pull. I'm like, I have to boundary myself with you, but I know we're made for more. So, like, how can we how can we protect each other and Woo! walk forward? Yeah, together? so good. Oh, what a tug, you know? Wow. Mm. And you see mm. both, like you see both lenses and you just, 
you got to know which 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 seat you're going to sit in this given time you know but you you see both uh, how deep stuff. is that oh that's, my gosh that's, that's deep stuff. adam thanks for giving Woo. us insight on that that actually friends yeah. you did provide it yes um <laughs> so our last topic you know we're not on this platform just for our own listening ears but we're on this platform for others especially um and i'm going to ask each individual each and each, each and every one of your individual question, um, as far as how are we going to help the next person or the listeners and viewers in their own individual struggles. So Jennifer, I'm going to start off with you to begin it off. Um, <clears throat> and we're talking more so perhaps in the entrepreneur space, like have you just kind of used this whole um, passion for your work and personal development um, and just taking it far, you know, taking it across many, many different lines that you didn't think you would. So. Um, every person that boldly steps outside of any norm to fulfill their passion faces time where they consider mm, going back and kind of letting go of their dreams. Um, what would be your words of encouragement to help redirect them back to their path? Oh, that is a, an excellent question. I think it is an ongoing answer because I, I don't think it's a one done mm -hmm. um, it's a one and done thing. Oh, I know that thing. So now I'm going to, I, it'll be great for forever. I think knowing your really big why. Why do I do this? Um, and understanding your calling. I think that each of us were uniquely put on this earth as image bearers to have a purpose to make the world a flourishing and healthy space. And I do that in secular settings most of the time, but it is part of my call as an image bearer to do that in, in relationship with Christ. That's my really big why. And when I understand that, all the other pieces can shift and move. So rather than thinking about, oh, do I go back? Do I give this up? Well, what's my why? What's my calling? Is it hard right now? Or is, has my calling changed? Yeah. Probably it's hard right now. <laughs> and it's not linear. I think if I could just encourage people all the time that growth isn't linear, personal growth mm -hmm. isn't linear, financial growth isn't linear, relationship growth isn't linear. It is all over the place and not even really cyclical. <laughs> so like what is happening? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so if you can be encouraged that, oh, I might be in this bottom loop-de-loo. I grew up in Kansas City and there's a, a roller coaster called the Orient Express. And the Orient Express takes these four huge loop-de-loops like this. And sometimes you're in the bottom of that. And sometimes you're trying to get to the top and recognizing that growth isn't linear. And okay, what's my calling? Why do I do this work? And it's okay that it's hard right now, because I can yeah. do hard things. I think I think that's my encouragement to people. Great. Well, I love it. Yes. And thanks for the imagery too. They provide some perspective on <laughs> what it means when it comes to, you know, you just may be in a hard spot. Doesn't mean it's not meant to be your calling. You know, but again, yeah. there's that strife and that passion and tug of war thing happening. Mm -hmm. um, Adam, um, when you're approached by someone, and I'm sure you have, um, especially given your role, um, but when you're approached by someone who second guesses themselves or hasn't perhaps just been exposed to different opportunities that can help fulfill their passion, what would be the foundations that you would provide to them to be their next steps? Mm. Just trying to figure themselves out, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think that there's a question to present to someone. I, I want to know what, what makes them feel alive, what gives them joy, where do they uh, have experiences in their life where they just find themselves satisfied, even if it's just for a moment. And so we can press into those together. I, I, I think that we are people who are made for relationship. The God that I serve is constantly in relationship. It's not just a single, it's God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a constantly moving relationship together. And so that's as just from my perspective and my faith system really teaches me that we're made for that. And so um, I think looking for opportunities in places where they already find joy, already find meaning and find others who already are kind of doing a little bit more of something along those lines. Like if you're, if you're interested creatively in something, like uh, if you draw and you're kind of saying, well, I think maybe I like to, to illustrate things, but I'm not sure, could I really do that? It's maybe as simple as let's talk with somebody who maybe illustrates full time or maybe who does that in a different field. And they're gonna tell you the blessings, the benefits, and the, this is really hard and you should probably not do this. Um, you know, there's, we, we have, I think what I'm, what I'm saying is you can check in with people about things. It doesn't mean that if you, if we, I, I think if we set ourselves up where I have to find the single thing that I'm going to do, if we interpret call as a singular reality and meaning in our lives, then we actually entrap ourselves in a place that the Holy Spirit never intends for us to be. Like we are constantly growing people. Like when I was a kid, I thought I wanted to do this thing. I pressed into it. I've done it for a while. I come back to it once in a while, but nothing is wasted with the God that I serve. So we have an experience of this. Then maybe the invitation that God extends to me, if you call it call, that's fine. But call God is always coming back and saying, I might call a little bit different this time, or my call is a little bit different this time because I'm doing things. And so just to kind of help people to recognize we can always be in a place of like, we were talking about curiosity, just this sense of openness. You're not going to arrive and say, this is it forever for always for such a time yeah. as this, this may be what it is and it will be rich and beautiful and good potentially, but always be open that our experience or what we're doing, it may have a spectrum and a time. And at some point it wakes up within you and another time it goes to sleep and there may be something else that is awakening within you. Just to be open and check in with other people along the way. Yes, so true, so true. Mm, great, thanks Adam for that, yes. Uh, Keisha, I'll end off the conversation with you. Um, we're always okay. told that we can do anything we want to do. We put our minds to it. Oh, you know, that's kind of a cliche, but it's very true. Um, what would you tell the next person who questions their ability to thrive? That's a good one. I would say, say yes to yourself over and over and over. Say yes again and keep saying yes. But here's the truth. Say no to those things that don't serve you. I learned a lesson in showing up to those things that didn't serve me, that my gifts weren't welcome. I wasn't able to be my full self. When you say yes to you, your strengths, your skills, your passions, everything that you love is gonna fly out of your ears, fly out of your mouth. People will wanna connect to you, but that's that yes that we wanna keep saying over and over and say it some more and say it again, but constantly keep saying yes and be okay saying no. Make no a complete sentence. And it needs no mm -hmm. explanation mm -hmm. behind it. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Short and sweet, but very powerful. 
Well, we are getting close to the very end and I would not leave this show without giving everybody an opportunity to give the audience ways that we can find you, follow you, anything, anything is coming up that we want that you like for us to know about, this is the time to do that. Um, and also, I'll make sure that it's all shared throughout the entirety of the show. Um, I guess we'll get, well, I'll start with kind of going a counterclockwise way. So Jennifer, uh, how can um, individuals connect with you or companies, organizations? How can anyone get in touch with you, even know some of the things you're doing um, uh, moving forward in the future? Yeah, so the best place is always jenwhitmer.com slash freebies. That has all of my free resources. You can book a time to talk with me and that puts you on my website and you can see my speaking and all of those types of things. I love to play the most on LinkedIn and Instagram. That I love DMs, I love talking to people. So please come and say hi, whatever you learned from this. I would love to give you a little challenge and just to ask yourself today, if you're in a situation, what do I think? What do I feel? What do I want to do? And come tell me. Come tell me what happens. Just that little bit of self-awareness. <laughs> and then in just a few weeks, I'm starting a new session of my Catalyst Leadership Lab, which is a leadership training group coaching program involving the Enneagram and conflict resolution and time management and communication and all those things that we need as leaders. So if you're interested in that, I'm going to be having a free challenge and the uh, doors will open in August. Great, great. Make sure everyone awesome. gets that information. Wow, that sounds fun and exciting. I'm thinking, hmm, I like the different dynamics you have going on with that leadership workshop coming up. Um, uh, Adam, um, please let us know how can we sure. um, get in contact with you, what's happening at your church or our church, um, this, what, what's going on, how can we connect? Well, I am deeply, deeply grateful to be one of the pastors at a church where the practice of hospitality and that to all of God's people, no matter who you are, is uh, it is a simple and profound thing that we take part in on a daily basis at, at the gathering here in St. Louis. And it is rich and beautiful, and I'm so, so grateful to be here. So it is gatheringnow.org. Go ahead and check us out. There are sermons available. We'd love to get to know you and uh, just invite you to be a part of a community where we are practicing this as an outworking of what God is at work at in the world. Um, and there's also, you can go and if you want to find out more about me or connect with me personally, I am Adam Baker. Dot com. I am adambaker.com, or I'm on any of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Breathing Hope, at Breathing Hope. Ooh. And uh, you can, I would love to say hello, friend, to you there. <laughs> yes, yes. And Adam, is there a campaign that you guys have coming up soon? Uh, we just uh, are starting to wrap up our first iteration of something called Generation Greenlight. Uh, we are an affirming and welcoming church, so all people across the gender and identity spectrum are welcome at the gathering, across any spectrum, actually, of God's created people. So we really delight in, and our lives are enriched by the LGBTQ people who come and participate in and help to lead our life of ministry and worship at the gathering. But we're also people that recognize it's not just needing to support queer people as they come out and step into a fullness of who God has made them to be, but it's also understanding that their families, their parents may also be struggling in the midst of that as well and seeking how do I love and also be faithful because far too often our faith dynamics have not allowed us an understanding that those things can be the same thing. Mm 
And so we are uh, doing Generation Greenlight, and that's what we're holding space for, is parents and family members of LGBTQ people that we want to walk alongside you and equip you with resources and help you to understand that you are not alone and uh, hopefully guide you together to a place of inclusive faith. Great. Nice. That's such a great um, program that you guys have going on. Love it. Love it. Um, Keisha, last but not least, give us your spiel. What's, how can we connect with you? Tell us about your book. Just kind of give us everything that we can gather in the next 15, 20 seconds. Absolutely. Networking truly, truly, truly is a superpower. You can find my book, number one new release on Amazon Networking. Nice. It's your superpower. You can also find me on the podcast. It's anywhere you can find a podcast. Networking, it's your superpower. Go to my website, mrskeishspeaks.com to connect, to get acquainted with all things Keisha. See all the Keisha is a vibe.com is another website that we just recently created. Amazingness happening, but you can find me on socials. LinkedIn is my jam. You can find me on LinkedIn serving and connecting. Also on Instagram, I love all things Instagram. If you go to my Instagram link in my bio, I created a free networking starter kit just for you. Click on the link. All you need to do is click in there. Follow me first. Click on the link and get the free networking starter kit. If there's all sorts of tips and tools in there for you to create that initial first conversation. And then your power statement. If you're not introducing yourself with the power statement, with power, you're losing the people. Make sure you get the power statement. It's in the link in my bio on Instagram at Mrs. Keish Speaks. You can find me anywhere, Mrs. Keish Speaks. Yeah. You guys are pros at this. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm hoping that everyone that has any questions want to reach out to any of these individuals. They all specialize in these areas and not just by happen chance. It's for a reason. Please connect with them. They're willing, open, and ready to have these conversations with you. Uh, we're about to wrap it up, guys. Um, I do want to end this conversation by telling you guys again how much I appreciate you being a part of the show Thank today. You. Yes. Thank oh, you. Thanks for having us. Such yes, a pleasure. So oh! I knew this was going to be a fun one. So I'm still achieving this and we're, we're done, unfortunately. Yes. I um, can't but, help it. Yes. Um, but again, guys, uh, as, as I said, it's a platform that I use for myself because I know it's more, it's bigger than what I do. So I bring individuals on that I know they're just not leaders, they're thoughtful leaders. So share this particular episode. Send it to anyone that you know will be helpful for them. Um, and just let them you know, go from the rooted, from learning about self-awareness to learning about relationship with themselves, to their families, to their churches, and always extend, also extending out to the networking world and business world. So again, this is Rashonda Thornton, the Dietitian Against Diets. Have a great month. Uh, enjoy yourself, and I'll see you next time. So thanks for being a part of their stories, their struggles, and their successes. Because of the work of the local dairy farmers and efforts from Midwest Dairy, we were able to bring more monthly conversations to you from mindful leaders that can be able to come to the table and tell you about their own path that can inspire you. So be on the lookout for next month's panel, Conversations with Mindful Leaders. See you next month.